Good day, everyone. I am Matt Harrison, and you are listening to the Geary Cast on Sport Direct Radio, the Malaga fan podcast for all the Geary's out there. And again, we are back to home comforts here on the Costa del Sol as Malaga win once again at home. That's now six games undefeated at home this season, with the latest victims at La Rosaleda being Club Deportivo Lugo. We'll be discussing a fairly comfortable 1-0 win lit up by a lovely finish from Gennaro with his first goal for the club. Then it's back on the road for Malaga this coming week as we head north to Asturias to take on Real Oviedo, a game that could see Malaga possibly climb into the playoff spot if they could grab that elusive, first elusive away win of the season. Plus today, we'll shortly be meeting the newest member of the Geary Cast backroom staff team, who you may have heard actually if you listen to this week's Vamos a la Rosaleda. But before we introduce someone new and shiny, let's go to our old faithfuls. Here with us as always is Chris Marquez. Chris, how are you? I'm doing well. I It was my birthday Saturday and I got the most awful birthday gift you can imagine beside the awesome new mic um i got uh uh two months of gym from my sister oh that's nice of your sister <laughs> yes so i've spent the last two days in the gym okay how are you feeling awful no oh. okay well you're sounding great with your new mic anyway yes. And it, it seems that it's good for you. I don't, I don't know. No, it sounds great. I, I know, and more importantly, Chris, you got you got three points for your birthday as well, which was definitely the big present. And also joining us, as per usual, is Alex Ashmore, who's in Canada, but you're not in Montreal, I believe, um, Alex. No, I'm in a, a place called Rimouski, which is in the very northern part of Quebec. So Rui Rimouski. So if you want to imagine it, imagine if you if you go north of Maine, which is the top right state in the US, I'm about two hours from the US border. Um, but yeah, in the in northern Canada. But then, as I, I was saying off air last or a couple of weeks ago now, I was in Toronto and I happened to pass by one of our listeners' breweries <laughs> called Joe. His name's Joe and he runs a brewery and... It was very nice of him. He uh, he gave me a six pack of beer, paid for my lunch. Um, so I just want to thank Joe for that, which was a lovely gesture. And um, I hope he's enjoying the podcast and reveling in uh, the success of well Malaga, Leicester Tigers, and Leicester City. We want we want lunch and beer as yeah, well, Joe. Me too. <laughs> I meet I meet all these people doing this vamos a la Rosaleda. To be fair, yeah. I do get a few beers out of people, but no one's bought me lunch yet. Oh, well done, Alex. <laughs> very nice of you, Joe. Um, so everyone's Good. getting gifts this week. Yeah. Okay, should, should we get into the gift of talking about Malaga Club de Football then? And this week's news, again, not lots to talk about, but we'll go straight into it. Uh, speaking of Gennaro, I mentioned him in the intro. He scored this week. I believe we want to offer him a contract. Uh, I only half read this story, so... Can either of you fill me in on this? Because obviously he's on loan from Sevilla, yes? Well, yes. <clears throat> it seems if he plays a number of games or a number of minutes, his contract will automatically be renewed. Um, but Malaga doesn't want to wait and wants to offer him another contract with better right. better things for him. Hmm. 
I think we can all agree he is a step up from Ben Kamasa, yes? Definitely. <laughs> uh, if we can keep uh, Luis Munoz next season, I'm not sure if he will be a, a player in the lineup, but he definitely is a good substitute for Luis Munoz. Yeah, um, he did play with um, Jose Alberto at Mirandes last year, so obviously trusts him. I'm sure we can talk a bit about his goal in the next part, Alex, but uh, that, that, I'm guessing we want Europe for signing him, yes? Yes, definitely. I think he's, you know, he's had his, his moments where he's been less than impressive, but he's definitely had uh, a few more moments than Ben Kamasa that I'm impressed by. And, you know, he's a young player, he's only 23, so he's got time to improve. And, you know, learning from, from the squad and the, the players around him, he'll only get better. So, yeah, I'm all for adding to his contract. Yeah, you say like he's had. I can't really remember many bad moments. I can I can picture a few sort of games where I didn't really notice him, but I think he's made a really good start, and he seems to be getting better game by game. So, yeah, we'll talk about him more, I imagine, in the next part. But uh, and another player who might get a mention in the next part as well is Seco. Um, he picked up an injury in that game against Lugo. He went off just before half time. I believe it was his left hamstring and I think it was his hamstring which stopped him starting for us when he first joined. I can't remember which hamstring, but uh, is there any update on him? Uh, no, no, actually not. Mm. They're just awaiting how it's, uh, how it's going okay. from time to time. Time will tell. Hamstrings usually, if it is a hamstring, that's what I heard anyway. It's usually about two or three weeks, isn't it? Or maybe a little bit more sometimes. So, you know, hopefully he comes back and hopefully this isn't, he's had two injuries already since joining. So hopefully this isn't a long, you know, an injury, an injury that keeps occurring and he can get back on track as soon as possible. That's pretty much it for on the field stuff. Let's go to a world we love talking about on this podcast, the world of football shirts. Hummel may well be the new sponsor of Malaga shirts next year is the sort of rumour out there, but a very strong rumour. The deal, the 11-year deal with Nike is coming to an end and apparently Hummel have stepped up. Alex, you, you do like a football shirt. Um, are you a fan of Hummel football shirts? I am, yes. And, well, Yeovil in the recent years have uh, started using Hummel as their kits, kit supplier. So, no, I'm all for it. And they've made some very good kits over the years. Yes, the the I'd say the de, the Denmark shirts, especially the one in the eighties, is probably the most iconic. I love Hummel shirts, so I'm very excited about this. Uh, Chris, they uh, do Southampton as well, right? Yes, they have. We have some of our followers who have ties to that club. We'll say who have been uh, pointing out their love for mm. Hummel as well. Um, I only own one Hummel shirt. I was thinking about this earlier. I, I own an Incheon United shirt when my brother used to support Incheon United in South Korea. And it's a very comfortable shirt. So more of that, but very tight though. I'll, I'll say T- that. Talking, talking about Asia. Okay. Um, we, we can see where our listeners are coming from. Ah, yes. Go on. I know what you're going to say here. And since a few months, we got a listener from South Korea, which I think but no, no, but not even that. In Daegu, which I believe is a bit further south, it's not like Seoul. <clears throat> it's uh, I'm sure it came up as Daegu. I know that map is not very accurate, but yeah, you know, make yourself known to us. That's that's a fun one because that does. They seem to be listening every week, so yeah. Yeah. So tell us your story. Yeah. Because 
I, I th really think it's amazing and it's really cool. So um, we have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, <laughs> we'll keep it there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get yourself in contact with us. And um, if you want, if you don't, it's fine. But we are really interested in your story. Yes, we definitely are. Um, so there's the football shirt stuff. And then we're going to go, um, we're going to talk about children. We don't usually talk about children on this podcast, but uh, um, I thought it was quite nice. I don't know if you guys saw all the players' Instagram. They all seem to be at Pie Burns's, uh gender reveal party. And I don't know. I just thought that was something worth noting that there was lots there. Uh, did you see what he is having, guys? A boy. He is having a boy, yes. He kicked a football, and which blew up with yes, him. Uh, great. Um, it was real great. And I think it's cool that the whole team was there and that that shows how what a family it is. Yeah. Because this week also Roberto is giving away a football shirt of him. <laughs> yeah. And and the whole squad responded that they wanted to win it. So you can they have fun, it's a great team, and you can see it on the pitch uh more every week. Um, I, I can't remember, guys, if I actually sent this to you and I sent our little agenda. I threw it on at the end. But what is the other story relating to children at Malaga this week? I saw a picture on uh, Twitter. I don't know if you mean that one. Um, of a of a, a child on the pitch that I'm going to talk about. Oh, not on the pitch. I saw a dad with this uh, daughter who went to La Rosaleda oh. for the first time. And the the fun thing was the last thing the last time that went was before COVID, and this was his first match, and he brought his one year old daughter. So, oh. well, that's a much nicer story than the one I was going to say. Mine's fun, I think, but that's a nice story. Did you see the child on the pitch celebrating with the players? No. And okay, so my next question: Do you know who that child is? Do we want to know? Yeah, it was Pablo Chavarria's boy was on the pitch with the players. So, really? Yeah, he's the That's kid. Cool. Uh, again, I'm going to double check this now. You put doubt in my head, mind that you didn't know it. But I'm sure I read when they were all doing the clap in the crowd, there was like a little kid about five, ten yards behind them in like a just standing there thing, joining in. And everyone was like, who's that? But then apparently it's Pablo Chavarria's little boy, so... That was nice as well, but I'm going to double check my facts now. I'm a bit worried, but I'm, no, I, I believe you. Yeah. I, I was very busy this week, so I think I, I think I just saw the headline. I don't think I clicked on the story. Um, no, so I better check that. Um, but yeah, that that would be a nice story if it's true. Um, is there any other news to add, guys? I've had a. I've, of course. Oh, go on. We yeah. have other news to add. Go for it. Because that was the male team. We also have a feminine team. We do. And we have Rocio, who will tell us the news. Welcome, Rocio. This weekend, Malaga rest because they had no league game. Ayala's team returned to training this morning to prepare the Sunday's game against San Miguel, which will be played at half past 11 in Romaluz. This is all, partners. Thank you. There you go. A quiet one for the Femininos this week and a well-earned rest after their very, very successful start to the season, winning all their games. Great stuff, right? Let's move away from that, though, and let's get into talking about our favourite thing to talk about on this podcast, and that is Malaga winning three points. So let's go to that second part where we'll be joined 
by the newest member of the Giri Cast team. Or should we are we the Giri Cast team or are we going team Giri Cast? Giri Cast team. Yeah, Giri Cast team. Yeah, team Giri Cast sounds like we're going to the Olympics or something. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe one day. But anyway, let's go over to the next section. See you there. So it was our second Saturday night home kickoff in a row, but a more fruitful one this time out as we triumph 1-0 over Lugo. Indeed, the bells of Malaga would have been ringing out. And even now, I'm sure I can hear a bell amongst our group. And that is a Nick bell. Nick, how are you doing? Good evening, all. Good evening. Um, doing well, how are you? Yeah, great, thanks. Um, just before, um, Chris, you're our sort of... Uh, Head of recruitment here at Giri Cast team, as we've just decided. Yes. Uh, what, what is Nick doing for us, apart from being on an occasional podcast? I'm uh, I'm head of uh, human resources. Yeah. <laughs> now um, Nick is going to do the watch alongs, and he can do whatever he wants. If he has a good idea, just do it, and we're quite easy with that. Yeah. Uh, but Nick's also going to help us a bit with the news, Great where he can stuff. And- um, and then, just, I, sorry. If if anyone wants to join us, come join us. We are quite fun. Yeah, we try. And them. we definitely do need people for the watch alongs. As yeah. I would like to have three or four persons each match, and Matt is out for the home uh, home games because he's going to record the Famosala Crossaleda, which is a great success. And I listened to the last episode, which was awesome, epic, even better than the previous ones. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, it, was, it was a bit more so, yeah. random, the last one, I thought. There was one bit where I, I, it's the first time I've ever listened back and I was quite horrified, actually. Um, but there was the bit where I'm just talking to the two Man City fans and just laughing at them. I know because <laughs> they they look terrified. That's so I just I don't I just couldn't stop laughing. But one person that was on that episode as well was Nick here. So I met Nick before the game on Saturday. So before we get your views on the game, Nick, I suppose we just got to start with a question we ask anyone on this podcast: why they're on a podcast about a second division Spanish football club? Uh, why Malaga? Because you had a Malaga shirt on. You said you'd been before. Tell us why. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. Uh, as, as I said to you the night, you know, I'm a bit of a, a football fanatic in the sense I like to go here, there and everywhere, check out new things, see emerging teams and, and stuff like that. And we started to come over to Spain a lot when my parents got a place over here. And before I knew it, I had a bit of, you know, Spain snobbery. I was like, oh, I don't want to go to Spain. I want to go further afield. I want to go here. Spain's very sort of like 80s. But then the more I came, the more I got immersed in sort of like what's going on around here. You know, as I was saying to Chris, La Cala is quite a small touristy place. Um, the more I wanted to venture out and see other things, see Sevilla, see Cordoba, Granada. But one of the main things I wanted to do was watch a football match at, um, you know, a Spanish football team. And at the time, Malaga was still in La Liga. So uh, I went along with my dad and my brother, uh, took in a game against uh, Villarreal a few years ago. I think it was a draw, actually, which at the time was quite a good result, uh, given everything that was going on. 
And then ever since, I've just sort of been dipping back in when I'm over, trying to take in a game whilst I can, watching it from afar at home, keeping up to date with like what you guys say on Twitter. And yeah, I just kind of became a, like a quite a fan of the club really you know and, and, and a lot of people say to me I get a lot of stick and you know even my own family call me Nikki 10 teams I'm wearing an <laughs> into Miami shirt right now but I've just got this love for finding a bit of a an odd team and and, and sort of getting behind them and you know throwing my voice in and things like that and I should add that your your number one is Blackpool though yes it is always will be yeah and and you've done a bit of work for AFC Fylde one of the more ambitious teams in non-league football Oh, definitely. You can say that. Yeah. Now, I do commentary uh, for them and worked in their media department for, I think, about six years now. So I've seen their meteoric rise from from sort of like the uh, the Northwest Counties through to the National League. And obviously, they take a little step back now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they are hell bent on getting to the Football League as quick as they can. And it's fun to be along with the ride and some of the adventures we've had with them as well. Yeah, we actually, um, I've forgotten, guys, we had a filed fan on, didn't we? Was it the Cartagena guy, um, whose name I've forgotten? Apologies if he's listening. But we have had a filed on. Yes, that's it. Um, anyway, away from the northwest of England and back to the south of Spain. As I already said, Nick, you were with me on Saturday. Before we talk about on-the-field stuff, I've been making quite a big deal about the atmosphere around La Rosaleda the past you know pretty much since the start of the season uh what did what was your take on the sort of pre-match experience oh well it was fantastic like I say even even everything from getting on the train at Fuengarola to pulling up in a taxi outside uh I'm about to get this right is it Barca Manos Madrid perfecto um <laughs> and just just to see the noise the atmosphere the people and and not just I kind of was expecting a little bit just to be sort of like the expat fans, but then there was a, a huge sort of like swathes of, of locals and mixing between the two and people talking. And yeah, just to see people, I suppose after two years or nearly two years of this pandemic, just chatting and catching up and having a few beers before going into a game is still quite alien in the grand scheme of things. And I think because usually I just head into the ground at La Rosaleda uh, and even sit with um, the Spanish fans as well. I think at the other end of the ground from where we were sat, Matt, last time I was there, um, it was just kind of a bit of a different angle for me. I really enjoyed it. And it was just great to, you know, obviously watch the match along with uh, yourself and Fabian too. Yeah, yeah. If, if you don't know who Fabian is, you can listen to the Vamos a la Rosaleda. He's a, a German guy I met in a bar, basically, and convinced to come to the game. And he was a Matt, great guy. I have a question. Do you always ask people you don't know? To yep. join you to football matches? No, to be honest with you, it was him. This, well, he saw my Malaga shirt and said, oh, is there a game today? And Because he was waiting for his wife to come out of Ali Hop, actually, for those that come to Spain oh. a lot. I love Ali Hop. But, so you can get lost the in it. The cow store. Well. The cow store, yeah, that sells everything. Uh, so I don't know. I could tell he wanted to come. And I said, I can help you get a ticket if you want. So I did. It took about 10 minutes and he came along and, yeah. He seemed to have a good time. He left. He left just after half time. Um, still don't really know why. I don't know if he got told off for being out too late by his wife. But anyway, great guy. Right, let's get to football, guys. Um, Starting eleven as usual, and I'll just read out some of the headlines. Uh, Seku started his first game at home for us. Antonin came in for Kevin, who was on the bench. We weren't sure if he would make it onto the bench. Uh, Kufre started ahead of Javi Jimenez. 
and Gennaro in midfield in, in well, there was the gap in midfield. Uh, and Brandon on the bench, uh, Alex, a few surprises in there. Any, any particularly that you didn't like or particularly liked? I thought Brandon's impressed over the last few games. I thought he's played well. So, you know, a bit confused about that one. Obviously, I understand the need to rest players and give them a break because, you know, we, we don't want to burn them out this stage of the season. I also think, you know, I, I think, I can't remember when, but a couple of months, maybe a month or two ago that I asked Jose Alberto if he was listening to try out a 4-3-3 and that's kind of what it seemed like. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad that Antonin got to go and Paulinho's been pressed. So, other than Brandon being on the bench, I think, you know, a fairly, fairly expected selection and obviously good to see Kufre back because I think, you know, not that Javi Jimenez hasn't been playing well, but I think, you know, it's good to have that rotation. Yeah, um, well, Chris, I'll, I'll go to that one then because when I make notes on my phone and I never tr- trust my match day notes because of the Victoria in the system, but I had written in my match day note, Kufre for Javi Jimenez, Why? Um, we, do you think Javi Jimenez should have been dropped? I would agree that the last two matches that Kufre played weren't that great. Mm-hmm. But I still truly believe that Kufre is a better player than Javi Jimenez. Although Javi Jimenez they, they did a pretty good job the last two games. Hmm. No, I, t- I think Javi Jimenez has been one of our best players this all. And um, I'm sure we can... T- um, no, no, it's a, perhaps an exaggeration. I think he's been very good. Um, and yeah, I'm sure we could talk a bit about Antonin in a second, well, in a few minutes, and a bit about Brandon as well. Or I should add as well, Lomban starting. Um, was Pai Burns injured or anything? Or was he just, again, being rested like one day was? I think, again, being rested. Okay. I really don't know because I really like Perben. Okay. Uh, Nick, then. Um, what did you make of Malaga's start to the game? Um, well, I thought it was quite lively. It was uh, easy to see that, you know, Malaga with La Rosa later behind them were going to be the dominant team. Maybe that in respect is how Lugo liked teams to play against and they liked to absorb a bit of pressure. And I think we know it a couple of times the way they were literally banking into two rows of five to prevent the likes of Palino and, and Antonin coming forward. Um, but I thought, you know, we, we, we could have had more chances in the first half. We could have maybe have, have had a bit more intent going forward in the first half. And it really didn't come alive probably until about the, dare I say, 40th minute. And I think that's just as um, Baker was getting into his stride a little bit. To well, be fair. I was, I was going to mention this to you now because obviously you were with me. Um, the Middlesbrough fans sitting behind us, um, they did not like Seiko, did they? No, they didn't, but I think that's maybe a bit of a, dare I say, Premier League snobbery in that kind of sense. You know, sometimes you need those kind of players and, you know, especially if you work your way down the leagues, probably not just in Spain or England, you'll see it in Germany, Italy as well. Sometimes you just need an absolute unit to be up there and and push them around. And again, Lugo, you know, aren't a team that uh, are, are shy of really big tough defenders and he certainly put himself in the uh, the mixed amongst there and, that, and again he had a couple of opportunities as well so for his first start or his first home start it was um, you know it, it wasn't world beating mm-hmm. but he did exactly what he was supposed to do uh, just before um, I asked the other two about uh, Seco it did make me laugh as well well it did make me laugh when he got injured but um, when he went off and Brandon came on and Brandon 
sprinted, if I remember rightly, after the defender. And then the Borough boys behind us were going, see, that's what we need. People running around. And they got very excited because that's what British football fans like, isn't it? People running mindlessly. And obviously, Brandon is sort of our embodiment of all that. So that um, tickled me a little bit because he didn't really, he didn't even touch the ball. And they were like, oh, he's much better. It's just... uh, No, he's like that kid on the playground when he came on. He just wants to impress as soon as he starts. And he was... Obviously, pressing the centre backs, but they were just moving the ball away from him. Mm. And I think I said to you, Matt, I was like, "Oh, here we go. This is going to be Brandon's game now. He's going. He's going to bag a couple in the second half." And it didn't really come to fruition because, again, Lugo were very, very solid in the uh, the centre back pairing. Okay, and then what about you two? Um, before we perhaps talk about the goal, uh, what did you make of Malaga's first half in general, Alex? I think sort of most of it, it seemed like we were continuing on from where, you know, obviously there were certain periods of the game where we didn't seem quite there. But, you know, I think in terms of intent, it definitely seemed to be similar levels to what uh, to how we played against Wesker. I think we were trying to continue that, that rhythm of play. Obviously, it didn't work, you know, to start with. But I think the more the game went on, I think the more we came into it. And like Nick said, you know, Lugo obviously did, did come, they didn't come exactly to get a, to get a win. I think they were coming to set up for a draw. So, you know, it's whether something that Malaga are not used to playing against teams that will just set up in, in those you know rows of five, as you said, Nick, but you know, it's, uh, I think definitely more positive performance, you know, this week compared to some previous earlier on in the season. I think, you know, we're definitely improving. Okay, and what about you, Chris? Do you agree with what the guys had to say there? We are improving, definitely. And maybe it was not the most attractive match, but I thought Malaga was the better one in the first half. And I didn't see a Lugo that wanted to win. So that's good. Yeah, great. Yeah, this um, and, the, you know, these are no pushovers. They were above us in the league beforehand. And, you know, they were, they're doing pretty well in the league. I know... They're sort of one of these perennial relegation battlers, but they, you know, I think they're going to give a few teams a fight this uh, season. But obviously, Malaga did go in 1 0 up. Uh, a, a beautiful finish. Uh, again, I'll go to the stadium view for this first. Uh, Nick, what did you make of that goal? Oh, it was fantastic. Um, sort of build up play, and I think. You know, we've we've waxed lyrical a lot about um, the importance of um, Victor Gomez on that right hand side, and obviously he didn't put the ball in, but his uh, interplay with Paulinho was was very important um, in the build up. And you know, talk about putting on a plate for Gennaro, you know, it was it was it was perfect. He was just there to meet at the, at the near post. So you know, as as far as goals are concerned, they're not all going to be worldies, but. You know, goals like that are uh, are just as good in my opinion, and really showed what Malaga can, Malaga can do when they're on the ball. Yeah, I, I think it was an excellent goal. Actually, it was, it was the only place he could have put it, and the only way Gennaro could have scored that was sort of that weird bending of his leg to curl it around. How did it look on TV, Alex? Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, the whole move really from Lomban's ball across to Victor, I thought it was a fantastic ball, very much reminded me. I, I have a habit, I don't know whether it's a bad habit, but comparing Malaga to just players and teams that are nowhere related, but very much reminded me of a Wayne Rooney-style ball, like a long ball across the pitch. It's, it's funny you say that about Victor, Alex. And then a beautiful cross for what was a beautiful finish as well. I, I see that sort of pass again for 
the same things you would say. I call that an Ashley Williams pass because that's the sort of pass Ashley Williams always used to make for Swansea. So um, just quickly, um, before I come to Chris about the goal as well, uh, Lomban I thought was very good, actually. Well, was I right in saying that? Because I don't trust myself after saying something. Defe- definitely. He you played actually. a solid game. Hmm. His problem, the only problem Lomban has, that he's too old and he lost sp- speed. That's hmm. all. Yeah. He's, he's not so quick anymore. No, but he's he's definitely a, he's a great footballer, isn't he? Um, of course, he's a friend of Mata. Don't of course, forget. Yeah. And he he had a, he played for Barcelona. He did. So yeah, um, he's just old. That's it. <laughs> Fair enough. As someone that is an old Chris is Gennaro. Do you want to add anything about Gennaro's goal? Definitely, he was way out of position, but I didn't care. He definitely wasn't in a place he should be at the moment of the pitch. I thought he was on the spot the striker should be, but he did great. And I don't care, he can play there every week. And there's that's two weeks in a row now where we scored a really sort of sneaky near post finish. So long may that continue. Um, so then the second half, uh, Nick, did, did I think we both talked about during the game, um, just Malaga generally better second half. I think they were better than Lugo in that okay. sense, but I think Lugo started to um, really bring themselves into the game a little bit more, especially through the number 16 on the left-hand side, and his name's going to elude me right yeah. now, Christoph something other. I, I, I did try and do a really funny tweet about what Victor Gomez emptied out of his pockets <laughs> after the game <laughs> and him being included. But um, you could really see that you know there wasn't too much for, for Malaga to be too concerned about is probably the best way of saying it and at the end of the day they got the three points they they needed and deserved at, at that point as well okay well maybe we'll highlight a couple of the individuals in that second half but um uh alex how did the second half look on tv overall i think much better the the team showed signs of you know attacking prowess it was good to see antonin he had that chance i think victor gomez impressed again on the second uh, in the second half on the right hand side Khosaved was putting nice balls through. I think the finishing is still something, you know, uh, leaving something to be desired. I think, you know, it could be better. You know, there's certain situations I look at Khosaved's chance after, I believe it was Antonin's oh, shot. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, I think I, I do like the fact that we are taking more shots, though. It seems like we started off taking more shots at the beginning of the season. We had that dip, but now we seem to be back at it. I know you'll, you'll, you'll have loved uh, Kevin's shot. That just you know the keeper just tipped over the bar, but yeah, no, I think generally in the second half we were superb, and yeah, I think if we can keep playing like that, will be a, a challenge for a lot of teams. Okay, um, Alex has just mentioned his name, and I don't mean Kevin this time for a change. I know Chris, you've talked about his performances a lot. Uh, Antonin, so his first start for a while now. How do you think he did in this game? Really good. I think this is what he needed. Yeah. Um, I I hope, just can hope that he continues this form and and gain some confidence that he gained some confidence last week to improve even more because I don't really think he's there yet. No, but he was way better than what we saw until now this season. Yeah, I think the best thing for him was 
he got like all the sort of basics right. He didn't try to, I think in some of the games for us, he's tried too hard to make an impression and sort of got, you know, made some bad judgments maybe. But I think in this game, he was really neat and tidy. And then I think as the game went on, he did get a bit more confident and yeah, it was great. And I think we subbed him at the right time to give sort of Kevin a bit of a run out as well, just to keep him ticking over. It was very good. Um, I'm going to stick with you two because I think me and Nick talked about it to death during the game and I don't know maybe it's again it's one of those stadium view against sort of TV view um Alex I, I thought Victor Gomez and I tweeted it after I think it was one of our best individual performances of the season so far am I deluded definitely not I agree I think I mean we'll come on to it later but he's you know one of the candidates for Bisnaga I think he was superb he showed great pace he was showing great attacking intent he came forward a lot he was playing a lot of beautiful balls forward towards the strikers his crossing was beautiful I think you know in general I think it's hard to put labels on stuff like this but you'd want to say the best like you said the best individual performance of the season from any Malaga player I think he was fantastic and you know it's we're starting to see why Manolo Gaspar signed him he's a brilliant player and he will only improve and I'm saying that after how much I've talked about Kevin as well. Um, Chris, what about you? Are you with the best? That was. Are you agreeing that that was the best individual? Definitely. I can't even say the word anymore. Individual performance. Definitely of the season. Yes, so far. Def- great player. Yeah. Just a really great player. And I have a little fact for you guys. He has the most assists of Malaga Club de Football so far this season. Oh wow. Obviously, there's not many goals in there, but still very impressive nonetheless. Um, Nick, we we just were pointing at him all game going, look at him, look what he's doing now. And I think at one time he did do a bit of a silly pass and they broke forward. But otherwise, um, he was great. Uh, do, do you want to add anything about him? Yeah, it seems to be quite flawless from him, really. And uh, I like to say, apart from that one foot that he put wrong, you know, one bad pass doesn't make a, a terrible game. He just looks so comfortable. And, and and I think it was replicated on both sides of the pitch as well, where Malaga really dominated, whether it was um, you know, Victor behind Palinho or uh Kifre behind um Antonin. The combination has just worked in that game and it, it just seemed to be that at, at the right time Malaga are really starting to click at the minute. And uh, the likes of uh, Victor Gomez are the reasons behind that. Yeah, and I, I suppose we're talking about that pass. The fact I can remember that that pass is probably saying something really, isn't it? That the fact that, oh yeah, he did do that one thing bad and it stuck in my head. So yeah, absolutely. You know, brilliant. Um, just just quickly then, before we come to summing everything up, um, we could have conceded at the end. Um, were we quite lucky with that? Lugo player didn't really connect right and Danny Martin jumped on it and they sort of, I don't know, he didn't, he didn't really get proper contact, did he? Um, should they have scored Alex? Yes. I think it's, you know, I don't want to beat around the bush here. They definitely should have scored. And I'll, I'll point the finger this time at the defence. It, it very much looked like they were all over the place. I don't know whether, you know, it should have been Pebe, uh, sorry, it should have been uh, Juan de Marquim or whether, you know, whoever, whoever should have been marking that striker wasn't. And he was left open. And Kufre had to try and come across and cover him, but obviously was too late. But that's not his fault. So, yeah, definitely should have scored. But then Danny Martin saved the day with what was a brilliant save. Well, saved the day. My my grandmother would have gotten the ball, (laughs) as well as my cat, my hamster, my turtle. 
Javi. I'm more the alert. Javi, Javi, easy. <laughs> it would be easy for Javi. Uh, my, but even my six months old niece, Julia, would also have. All right, okay. Definitely got the ball out. So. Yeah, he sort of. I think it, it hit the bottom of his studs, or maybe he, he didn't really connect with it, did he? And uh, but yes, you know, we, we'll take it. It could. There was a, there was a, a striker running in to try and get on it as well. So Danny Martin did have to keep a bit of an eye on it, but all good, right? Uh, Nick, uh, d- do you want to add anything, or you know, an overall summary of this performance before we do our chumbo and biznagas? It was a, uh, a a very good performance, probably one of the better ones uh, that I've managed to catch this season. Uh, and like I say, you know, you don't win promotion or get relegated or, or do whatever you want by the end of October. But it's good to see the team really starting to move forward, started to, to gel really well, click in places. And you know, obviously that leaves Malaga only, I think, three points outside of playoffs positions now. So they're hitting the stride at the right time. And if uh, Jose Alberto can keep this momentum going, then, you know, as um, Alex Fitzgerald was saying in the uh, Segunda podcast, we could be really, really dark horses. He said uh, very, very dark horses. They're still being mentioned. Maybe we can talk a bit about that in the next part. Uh, did, did you guys, did you guys, did not see the TIFO that the Malaga fans did at the beginning of the match? I did, but it was a bit funny from the back because it was all red, wasn't it? And I believe... Yeah, that that was the case. That was the idea. Yeah, and it was... Uh, remind me again why. It was something was it to do with the ref? Definitely. Yeah, I thought it was. Over the bad decisions uh, this season so far mm. already. And last season, I think we were really beep as well <laughs> by refs many times. And um, I think it was great. They said, who punished the punisher? <laughs> yeah, that, that that was the question they asked on a on a flag. Oh, cool. Well, obviously, like for, from where we were sitting, we could just see lots of red confetti on the floor, and we couldn't really see why. It was only when I read about it the next day, I I, I pieced it. It together. was a red. It was a red card. That <laughs> was the idea. There was a lot of red cards in there. And then who punishes the punisher? Nice, uh, Alex. Any final thoughts on this game before we chumble and biznagger it? No, I think other than that, you know, seconding what you guys have already said, I think it was a fantastic performance and good to see that we're keeping up the the good run of performances. I know early on in the season we we played some, you know, we played some less lesser quality teams, if I could say that, in our call and teams like that. But it's good to see that we can now play like we know we can play against higher quality teams, and it's it's encouraging. Okay. Um... Alex, I'll, I'll stick with you then since I'm talking to you now. Uh, we'll start with Chumbo as always. I, I Again, I think I always say this. I found this quite difficult. Uh, who are you going to go with? It's it's so difficult. Um, I think only because, you know, he just didn't have time to implement on the game and not through. I, I think it's a very, it's hard to give it to him, but I'm going to have to give it to Seiko just because he only played a half and he didn't really do much. Okay, I, I was going to go with him too, but then I was worrying the, was it? Was I just brainwashed by the the Borough fans behind us? But um, maybe not. Um, Nick, was you brainwashed by the Borough fans behind us, or have you picked someone different? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm brainwashed, but very much in the same reason as Alex. Um, I did controversially think about throwing our man Brandon into the mix because okay. I thought, as much as he came onto the pitch and did a lot of running around, he didn't 
get too much done, That's if true. that makes sense. Yeah. However, from uh, an overall perspective in terms of the game plan, Seiku, you know, he did all right to start with, but then pulling up on 45 minutes is not great. And... Yeah, he did nothing memorable for me, so I'd have to agree with you guys. Yeah, it's a, a very, we'll, we'll add that this is a very harsh uh, chumbo uh, reward there, I think. Um, Chris, are you going for anyone different? I just don't want to choose somebody that, you could, that got off with a hamstring. Yeah, and I feel a bit bad Injury. <laughs> um, you guys might, might not have a soul, but I still have, and I want to keep my soul. Um, but I don't know who to choose it. Oh, this is difficult, huh? See, this is mm. this is Chris. Why I send this out beforehand, so you've sort of got an answer ready already. <laughs> yeah, but I was in the gym. I, I... Oh, you, but you could have been exercising your mind as well. Who? I'm I'm going to ask you guys a question. <laughs> Who would you guys pick as a second chumbo? Okay, um, I'd probably go with Nick's. Just convinced me actually with Brandon. I think he more. I think about it. I can't remember him being so. As, as effective as he's been in the last few games before this one. Okay, from Nick, I know already because he would choose Brendan. Alex. <laughs> it's so difficult. I, in a habit of giving, not giving it to substitutes, but given that he had a whole half, I'd, I'd have to go with Brandon because no one else really played that bad. Now, Chris you know, really likes Brandon. This is, getting, this is getting boring. We never agreed. <laughs> Right, Chris. Anytime. Chris. And now we're, this will be the second week that we agree. I will give it to Brendan. Okay. Chris, this is meant to be like we've just won. We're meant to be being positive and you're making us pick two worst players this week. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. I, 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 might, I, might, I might also let you pick two best players. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, as always, I'll let you give some honourable mentions if you want. So I'll go to our... Um, our debutant for this. I think I know his big answer, but feel free if you want to give shout-outs to anyone else, Nick. So who is your biznaga? Uh, my biznaga has got to be Victor Gomez, without a shadow of a doubt. But if I'm going to give shout-outs to uh, a lot of people, to be fair, because there was a lot of people who did quite well. Um, Gennaro, obviously, for the way he played, he was absolutely everywhere. Uh, and obviously, got the goal. And um, probably a lot of you might not remember him from the game too much, but I thought Cassie did really quite well as well. I thought he was quite calm on the ball. I thought he didn't do too much to show himself up type thing, but he just kind of like set the tempo quite nicely, kind of like pulled the strings. And, you know, those kind of players aren't always fashionable, but they kept the job done. And that allowed the other lads to really, you know, play. And, and, and break and with you know save the knowledge that he's behind them hmm. yeah I think I think we think Iscassi's fashionable we love Iscassi so uh, we're always yeah we love you we're not <laughs> we love you yeah, we have all... nothing against you we're not totally but... not afraid of you <laughs> but also Nick there's a good point you make there because I think this must be the first time we've not even see, said his name in, in the sort of discussion because um, so I'm glad you've mentioned is he is he is he the secret our secret lover. Wow. Um, I'll let you decide that. I, I don't know what you mean by that. So I'm going to... Well, my we wife's talk about shot, him. so no, <laughs> not my secret lover. <laughs> we, talk, we, we talk about him every week. Yeah. We always talk great about him. Yeah. But we never give him that much love. Okay. 
I think that's a different to a secret lover, though. I think. <laughs> I think a He's secret... our secret lover. Okay, I think your secret lover care. is someone you give quite a bit of love to, isn't it? But uh, anyway. Yeah, but still secret. A secret. Okay, well, we'll keep him quiet then. We won't talk about him so yeah, he stays we here. And no one else gets interested in him. Um, just, just to bore you, I will say uh, Victor Gomez as well. Um, yeah, for pretty much the reasons we've discussed. Um, brilliant. He's my biznaga performance of the season so far so and that's a big thing coming for me with my love of kevin who i've not really mentioned on this podcast at all today so i'm gonna i'm gonna try and stick to that i'm gonna try and have a bit of a a kevin vacation um alex anyone different no i'm afraid not is victor i think i'll give a few shout outs i thought paulinho was good in the first half and the second half you know making good runs up the right hand side he seems to to play well in that I guess you could call it a front three. I thought Antonin showing good signs. I think, you know, Chris has mentioned it before, whether his best position is out on the left or up top. I think we now know, you know, I know it's only one game, but I'd like to see more of him out on the left. I thought he was very good. I thought Josemed played really well, played some nice passes. And Lomban, again, I thought was was very good. Well, the whole team was brilliant. And Victor Gomez was that was that shining star amongst the amongst all of them. Definitely. I think, like you said, we could go around the whole team, really. In a way, even like Seco and Brandon contributed, didn't they? Even though we've given them jumbos, they weren't exactly awful. Um, Chris, is this going to be a clean sweep for Victor Gomez? It will be. Yay. Yay. (laughs) What a week for him. What do you think he preferred? Getting um, a cap for Spain under-21s or getting the Biznaga from four people tonight? I think the last thing. Definitely. To be honest. And uh, I've got some honorable mentions as well. Okay. Um, the, or a shout-out. Let's call it a shout-out. First shout-out is to my mom. I love you. Uh, the second one is to Eskasi. Always great. My secret lover. I love you. Bay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Gennaro, also deserves to be mentioned because he's stepping up um, in a very important moment. We criticized him a bit after, uh, just right after Luis Munoz's injury. We said, well, he's no, Luis, he get, does the job, but that's pretty much it. But now he's really stepping up. Um, and the whole team. But the biggest shout out is for uh, the Malaga fans because um, they are there and they are loud. And that's where I want to see them. So I'm proud of you all. Oh, thank you. We, we did a bit of... Sh- and you heard my beautiful rendition of the hymno as well. Definitely. <laughs> Which, uh, oh yeah, that quite horrified me. You put that out. But there you go. Um, there you go. Let's. We're, we're really good at home. All is good at home. But we're not very good away. And that's where we're going to head for the next part of this podcast. We're going to look ahead to our game at Oviedo. So what do Malaga have to obviate do to get a win this weekend? That's right, we head to the lovely green north of Spain, Testurias and Oviedo, again chasing our first win on the road. But first, every time we mention Oviedo, can I, can I do my usual bit of saying um, how much I like Oviedo? Is that okay? 
No. no. Yes, go for it. Okay, well, we don't have an Oviedo fan on here, so we need to kill some time. I love Oviedo. Alex, you said you like Oviedo. I do. I've been there uh, once or twice, and it was a really nice city. Very, very, well, very impressive. Beautiful. The Carlos is one of the... Uh, one of the biggest stadiums, I believe, in Segunda. Um, and well, I actually learned about Oviedo through, and a few listeners may know, a certain uh, Spencer FC uh, when they had their financial troubles back in the day. So yeah, no, it's, it's a it's a club that I've always sort of kept an eye out before. And you know, now Malaga are playing them. It's I'm very close to the action. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a good side, pretty city, cheap, good people. A cool football team. Sadly, we couldn't get one of their fans on tonight. I think our usual go-to, Alexandra, is in... Who is she? Is she in Barcelona? I think, isn't she? I don't remember. She's busy. Yeah, she seems to be all over Spain. She's far too important for us now. Um, and Champions League night. and then She, she wanted up. to join us. She wanted to join us, but she's busy working yeah. and being at Primera División game matches, which is great because... I really like Alexandra and I know we all do. And I just think she's awesome. She's awesome in her job. And and that's why she's getting loads of success, which is great. Yeah, next time she's on, we can ask her about her time at the Tokyo Olympics where she was uh, this summer. Uh, Chris, you, you like a, a random fact about cities? I, I don't know. Do you have one or, or do you want one? I want one and I don't have one. Okay, I can give you... I've probably mentioned it... Uh, a bit of, I'll ask the question then. Wh- whose statue do you find all over Oviedo? Well, I think two or three times. No? I thought I'd mentioned this before. A bizarre statue seems out of place unless you know the yes. story. But I just can't remember. Is it a, a singer? No, it's something to do with the film industry. Quite a quirky filmmaker, yes. Is he British? No, American. This This is good killing time here. Okay. It, 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 is it John Travolta? No, it's much more niche, but still very famous. But I'll just say Woody Allen. There's lots of Woody Allen statues oh, in Oviedo. Because yes. he filmed, oh, what's it called? The, the, in the one where they go to Barcelona. Is it Vicky Cristina in Barcelona? So, forgive me, film fans, film buffs. I can't remember the name exactly. But he filmed something in Oviedo, I think. And he just loved Oviedo. And he goes back quite a lot. And I think that's really cool. Um yeah, I just thought that that's my random fact there. Uh, and always the other thing I always say is, is Spain's answer to Wales, although I know some people say Galicia is because um, there's sort of language similarities between Welsh and Galician, I think. But Oviedo, very green, lots of mines. Um, apparently they're quite good singers, someone told me. I, I can't, you know, I've not heard many people sing that. They're quite jolly um, a nice sort of brutal shoreline. So there, I've done my bit for the Oviedo tourist board, as I always do. So any Malaga fans listening and thinking of going, now you should go. And and even convinced myself now, I'm a bit annoyed with myself that I've, I'm going to Madrid instead. I, I should have gone back to Oviedo the way I, I've just talked myself out of Madrid almost there. But uh, there you go. I'm just taking a look what singers are coming from Oviedo. <laughs> I thought maybe that's fun and we can... Play a song from the oh, most right. famous one. Okay, well, may- maybe at the end, Chris. We will do it at the end. I will. In the meantime, I'll search. For it. <laughs> yeah, this is this is great podcasting. We haven't even got to the game yet. Uh, do any of you remember the games against Oviedo last year? 
I remember the many games we played. Yes, yes. the correct we played a, We played a cup game. We played a two leagues game. We played, played two weeks. We played them two weeks in a row. Yeah, twice in a week, actually. I think we yeah. played them a Wednesday and a Sunday, didn't we? Um, we had that whole debacle with the... I think it was their defender or our defender yep. falling over. and the, No, it was their defender yep. falling over and the ball running into his hand and whether it's a penalty or whether it's not... Yes, basically it was that. I think that was the home game, wasn't it? But yeah, we seem to play them a lot this um, last year. I see them as quite a sort of. I think we've talked about this before, but they're sort of a similar club to us. And even I would say in the the way they're going this season, um, Nick, uh, how how are Oviedo doing this season? You, you've seen, you said you'd sort of noticed them. Yeah, well, obviously, seem to be sort of slap bang in mid table, which for a, a, a club of, of of this size, maybe to say better say, but certainly of talent in the squad. I know we were talking about some of the uh, the players they have got before we we started this. You know, really, you should say you should say that they should be knocking on the door or or even leading the way in this league with the talent that they've got. Um, and I agree with you; it's probably a, a club in a similar sort of stature to Malaga in that way, where. You know, um, I think we spoke about it the other night, Matt. Where we were saying you, you, you're finding now in in Segunda these these huge teams, and uh, and Oviedo are, are certainly one of them. Only recently playing in La Liga, and if I remember rightly, sort of knocking on the door to Europe as well. Yeah, I'd say that was perhaps start of the century or just before the end of the century. Um, they've certainly clambered up from the the abyss of the leagues below in recent years. But yeah, they're, you know, a massive name in Spanish football. Um, weirdly, they, they are sort of um, mirroring us a little bit, but the, the other way round almost, if that makes sense. And they're 11th in the league, only a point behind us. Um, they have the fifth best away form in the league and they are awful at home, which is pretty much the the opposite of us at the moment. Um, do... I believe when I looked yesterday, Malaga have the fourth best home form in the league and are only below uh, Sporting, Ponferradina and I think uh, Las Palmas have got the best home form in the league. So we're almost like opposites. Um, uh, and also they've just beaten Ponfe away again because that's what Oviedo do. They seem to win away. And obviously we've spoken on this podcast and we've seen ourselves how how good Pompey can be at home. I know they've had a bit of a slip in recent weeks, but uh, it does show this. This these are a good team, Oviedo, but maybe it's good to be playing them at home. Uh, I think Nick's just alluded to some of the players there. Um, I, I'll, I'll mention two in particular because they're two quite close to my heart for different reasons. The first one is Boya Baston, who played, uh, Swansea signed him after he'd had a good season at Ibar. Um, came to Swansea in the Paul Clement slash Bob Bradley slash Francesco Guidolin season and uh, didn't really get a chance and then came back about two years later in the championship and scored quite a lot of goals. And I know um, I've listened to the guys on the Segunda podcast, like bigging him up and saying, you know, this guy should be, you know, one of the stars for them. And, you know, he's got a good record in Spanish football and, yeah, I, I always like seeing former Swansea players. I'm always worried they're going to score against us because I actually quite liked him at Swansea. Um, I didn't think he was given much of a chance. And then sort of when we were in the championship, it was sort of the wrong time for him. And they've got Eric Jerker. Uh, Chris, what's my Eric Jerker story? I don't remember. Oh, this is, I like testing you. Alex, what's my Eric Jerker story? So when you lived in <laughs> Slovakia in the gym, 
you were on a treadmill and I think you turned across and you realised it was he was playing for the local club when you were yeah, Spartak there, Tanava. Right? Yeah, he was a youngster at Spartak Tanava and he was sort of he was pretty good for them actually. And yes, he was running next to me on a treadmill and now he's followed me to Spain as well. Um, for those, there's nobody with more football stories than you, so you have to forgive me for that because you have <laughs> loads of cool stories which. Well, my never... my boring life, I will never. Yeah, I don't, get to experience. I, I don't know if the treadmill story is the most exciting one I've got in my locker, but uh, yeah, I, I had him on one side of me and this guy called Robert Tambe, who was a Cameroonian international at the time. Um, he was, yeah, he was a big guy and I was a bit worried for the treadmill, what he was going to do to it. Uh, is there, have any of you looked at the, you know, any any of you seen much of Oviedo? I'm sort of trying to pull out teeth a bit here and trying to, Talk about them before we talk about Malaga. <laughs> Alex, what do you have on Oviedo? Well, I think, you know, we, we've already mentioned it's having a very similar season to Malaga. And I, I'm worried from what you said, Matt, if they're, if they're bad at home but good away, I believe that's what you said, yeah? Yeah. Then it could be a bit of a stalemate as Malaga, you know, not so good away but brilliant at home. So, you know, it could be, could be, it could be an interesting game. But, no, I, I hope... You know, whenever we look at the, the bigger clubs in Segunda, I think, you know, Oviedo are definitely up there. And, you know, it's it's good to see a club that, you know, it's finding some stability. And I think after what they, they went through, uh, you know, in the recent, in this century with the financial difficulties, it's good to see them, you know, having some stability. And, well, hopefully if Malaga go up, we'll see them go up as well. Yeah, I should actually, and players as well, I forgot to mention Sam Ubeng, who... I know is like very highly rated and um, like, you know, really well thought of in this league. So it'll be interesting to see. I think he's, I think I've got a feeling he might've had an injury though um, in recent weeks. So forgive me, I can't remember, but uh, yes, I'm a bit worried about him as well. Uh, we've done out a bit for Oviedo there, I think. Uh, hopefully we'll have Alexandra back with us next time who can give us a bit of a lowdown until Chris is going to say something. Definitely. Um... Do you guys remember uh, Francesca Nau, who uh, was working for uh, Rio Fiode as the technical director? Of course, who, yeah, uh, we should mention that, yes. Who uh, very sadly passed away. Yeah, because of suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a big Malaga goalkeeper in the year 2000, I believe. Played for Barcelona. Yeah. Played a long time as a Malaga goalie, a very important one in 2009, definitely, where Malaga stayed up thanks to the 1-1 against um, Real Madrid. And um, yes, so that's that's the thing. Um, Is this the first? I've, I've, I know we did a bit of a tribute to him on this uh Show yeah, it's it it's it's the first thing we play. The first time we play them yeah, after so. uh, it happened. So, so it wouldn't surprise me if there is some sort of I don't know uh, dedication to him in some way. Um, I don't know. Definitely, but I have more. Uh, Luis Me, their player, um, is injured. That's the only injury they have. Okay. They are eleventh on the table with sixteen points, two spots down to Malaga with who is in ninth position with 17 points. Uh, Borja Baston is their maximo goleador. The player with the most minutes is Juan Feminias with 
1080 minutes on the pitch this season. Uh, and yeah. that's about it. Okay, I, I, I really don't have any more. The, the one I was going to mention for you, Chris, uh, with knowing how much you love MLS football, would be uh, Mateus Aiz, who's on loan from Orlando. There you go. Back for a bit, for a bit of a second spell, though, because he did quite well at um, Miranda's a few seasons ago. But I think it was on loan from Watford when they basically just yeah. bought anyone with a, with a Latin surname, if I remember rightly, <laughs> in, in, a, in an attempt to stay in the Premier League. You know what the cool thing is? I thought we would lose, after that episode, we would lose our American uh, listeners, but they, they are staying. So yeah, I, I, I dislike the MLS a bit. Uh, that's fine. I do love America. I really want to go anytime in my life to uh, to uh, where do you want to go? Oh, definitely to Disney World. Uh, but I also am interested in seeing New York and uh, the rest of the beautiful country America is. There you go. Well, so. but maybe the fans have stayed with us, Chris. But maybe the American, uh, the players from the MLS, might take it out on us this coming weekend and. Realize we've that's got... fine, <laughs> but it's not fine because they'll need the Oviedo score or win. It's right. Did you ever watch a match of the MLS? I have, yeah, I've watched quite a few. It's fine. I don't really think it's really great football, do you? Oh, maybe they don't think the second is really great football. Yeah, it certainly they, goes but they are wrong. if you're watching into Miami. <laughs> oh, well, into Miami. Win five, lose five. <laughs> Neville out. Um, let's get back to Malika, guys. Let's get back to the safety of Malika. We've been up to this Durius and. Maybe we can talk about what Malaga can do to get something there. Um, Alex, I think we, I think we've asked this question every week. What do Malaga need to do to get that away win? Do do we need to come out all guns blazing, or do we need to be um, mirroring something like we did against Huesca? Definitely the the latter. I think we played fantastically against Huesca. I think you know we we showed that we you know are capable of carrying on into the second half, which is something that we've not been able to do so far this season. So more of the same against Oviedo, please. And, you know, I'm sure Jose Alberto will have his plans and whether he wants to stick with the with the 4-3-3, it seemed like, or move back to a 4-5-1 or 4-5-2. But I would certainly like to see Antonin keep his place on the left. Um, you know, I think obviously the striker situation, I'm assuming Brandon will go back up top unless Roberto starts. Um so yeah, more of the same, and you know I don't see why why we shouldn't keep with that four four three three if their home record isn't as good. Why not go in for the kill? Um, Nick, is there anything from Saturday night's game? So obviously there's no seco for this game now. I'm assuming anyway, and we don't have any full confirmation of the injury yet. But I'm sure it'll be coming in the next day or two. Has anything you would change for this game, or anyone you'd like to see? You've sort of said already that. Perhaps Brandon didn't perhaps shine last week. Would you be happy to see Roberto start? Uh, I think when you've got a player like Brandon, you, you've got to persevere with him a little bit. And I think it was actually a shame he didn't start against Lugo because, well, dare I say, would he lose momentum by not starting again? I'm sure he would have been a, a bit confused by uh, Jose Alberto's decision to to sort of like drop him to the bench for that one. I think the the big thing for this is we're seeing a lot more competition for places now. You know, I, I agree with you, Alex, that Anthony should definitely get the nod, um, you know, against Oviedo. But then you realise that he's got the likes of Kevin that are chomping at his heels to get back into the team. And they kind of can 
drive each other going forward and the same for Polini on the other side. So I think once you start to get that, it's going to drive you forward. And I think that can start this weekend against Oviedo very, very easily. And if there's one player that knows about chomping at heels, it's Kevin blessing the way he gets his heels chomped at all the time. Uh, Chris, any any sort of big tactical master plan from you or very much the same? Keep the, well, keep up the, the way we're, we're playing and then I, I think we'll do fine. Um, what we do need is a good ref. Yeah. Which is which is hard to find in Segunda Division. Uh, good VAR, which is also very hard to find. But the cool thing about this match is, and we didn't talk about it, we're playing, I, because I do have a, a cool fact, we're playing in one of the most beautiful stadiums of Segunda Division. Indeed. On the, on the inside, because the outside is horrible. No, the outside's cool. That was my favourite bit. Really? Yeah, because when... When I went up the hill in the taxi, and it was like I, I think it was a nine o'clock game I went to, and it was very, it was the first week of January, it was freezing, and I thought we were going past some sort of multi-story car park for a supermarket or something, and the guy's like, "There it is," and like you go up a hill and the ground's below you, it's like built into the. I think it's quite symbolic of Real Oviedo and the area that it's built into, sort of a cliff, and you know the, yeah, we built it into the cliff, you know, because we're tough sort of yes. Asturians. But you could have made it look a bit better from the oh, outside. It's cool. It's cool. It's different. I'd much rather if that. You want, than... If you want a lasting legacy, dare I say, you know, looking at Aviado Stadium, if any of you are FIFA players amongst you, um, you'll remember Stadion Europa? Yes. Same. Exact same. And that is, that's how cool it is that it's made onto FIFA for definitely. <clears throat> oh, right. I never thought of that. But what do you think about the outside? Not seeing it, I won't be able to give an opinion. <laughs> because the inside is 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 beautiful, really beautiful. Yeah, it's cool, but well, the outside, I I just don't like it so no, much. I just like the location I more. Than I like the idea of the hill, though, of the hill, and then it's it's made in the hill. I I, I really that that's one thing I find cool. It's a bit the camp now idea you have. Yeah, but then Maybe it could have been built on the sort of outskirts of town by some shopping centre. And again, inside, it's, it's fine. It feels big and it is nice, but, it does, you know, it's not that much different to any other. Uh, no, I take that back. It is pretty cool, actually, inside. Now I'm sort of picturing it again. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, when I went, there was the, the game where I think they were taking a free kick up the other end of the pitch and then... Uh, the ref went to VAR and we're like, what's he doing? And he came sprinting down our end and gave us a penalty. And we're like, oh, cool. And then I was, do, you, do you still have your shares in uh, Oviedo? I don't know. I never said I don't. <laughs> so uh, that was about, when was that? About 10 years ago now? And uh, I don't know. They might. Ne- ne- did you never sell them? No, I don't know. I don't know what happened to them. I bought them. I, you know, they were saved, um, uh, not because I bought them, because lots of people bought them and lots of rich people bought in, bought them in the end. But yeah, I don't know. I'd, Maybe I'd be, you're the biggest shareholder now. I'd be, well, I was going to try and knock on the VIP door when I got there and see if I could get in and say, do, do you know I own this club? But um, yeah. I, I didn't bother doing that. Um, and just one final thing on Oviedo. <clears throat> um, why else is this a big game for someone at Malaga? No, oh. it's, it's quiz time tonight. It is, yeah, but always 
It's yeah. always always quiz time it, with you, it, it, which is great. It's the hometown and where Jose Alberto was born. Although he's yes, more, although of he's course. More, Although he's more associated with the neighbours up the road in Gijon in his football career, he's, he's born, I believe, in Oviedo, or certainly around Oviedo, I read. So, yes. Bit of a homecoming for him. Um, what, what what do we think? I think he'll go with a coat up there. I think it's quite cold up there already. It's getting a bit chillier down here now. So, uh, um, you know, chilly down here is 23, 24 degrees, though. Um, up there is a bit cooler. Um, right, guys, I think that's it, really. Um I think we've exhausted our Oviedo trivia and talked a bit about Malaga. We, we've got through that section. That was, that's always fun when we don't have a, a rival fan on, but here we are. Um, I look forward to finding a fan of uh, Real Sociedad B next week. <laughs> I, I, I found a song of uh, a singer, an artist of um, okay of Oviedo, and it's a very famous one. Okay, give it 30 seconds then, Chris, and then... Uh, and he made a song about football. Okay, go for it. Does the intro come? No es cosa de niños, ni es cosa de viejos. El deporte reyes corazón obrero. No solo un balón entre dos porterías. Es una afición que llora de alegría. No queda obsoleto desde la pangea. De quién habrá sido esta super idea. Entre jugadores con sus dos porteros. Que algunos todavía llaman arqueros. El calor de la gente impacienta la ambiente que pita de negro. Me gusta el fútbol porque soy yo sin casa por un día. There you go, lovely stuff. Yeah. Me gusta football. Um, and then just as quickly, um, just on that last thing, a big shout out to another musician. I met El Rumba before the game on Saturday. That was quite an honour, although he thought I was called Mark and Chris. <laughs> and... He always listens to um, yeah. to our show, yeah. which other local Malaguenos do as well, and and that makes me that just make me proud. Yeah, so big shout out to El Rumba and thank you for the photo. And yes, it was very uh, an honour to meet him. Um, there you thank go, you, Mark. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, guys, I will say a big thank you to Nick for joining us and making his Giri Cast debut. A very strong debut, Nick. Enjoy the rest of your holiday. Thank you very much for having me and I uh, look forward to uh, doing more of this moving forward. Excellent stuff. And enjoy the rest of your holiday, Alex, in your remote part of Canada. Thank you very much. I should be back in uh, Montreal next week and I believe on the Wednesday I'm going to Montreal Impact or CF Montreal against Houston Dynamo. Excellent stuff. Chris will be delighted to hear about that. Yes, great. I'm definitely going to watch it. And Chris, um, you're not on holiday, but enjoy the rest of whatever you're doing over this next week or so. Thank you. Excellent stuff. And thank you guys for listening. As always, subscribe and do all those things podcasts tell you to do. Go and listen to Vamos a la Rosaleda if you want a bit of a uh, listen, laugh at me trying to sing. Um, Yes, do all that stuff. Follow us on Twitter and all that. Thank you very much. I've been Matt Harrison. You've been listening to the Geary Cast on Sport Direct Radio. Adios. And as always, Vamos Malaga.